Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. This is the Ocean Protect podcast. Talking about the issues that face our oceans and what we can do about it. Presented by Ocean Protect. Committed to change. Well, welcome back, boys. We just touched on microplastics and we thought, mm-hmm. hey, let's have a bit of a yarn about that. So in Nicholas's research, uh, you uh, sampled and analysed um, the waters of various Brisbane waterways and essentially found microplastics in them. Yeah. And we talked about the varying concentrations. So it, it ranged, obviously, and up to what was the sort of worst? The worst was probably a 1,000 particles of plastic per litre of water. So that is just basically roughly one particle per milliliter. And and, and and so microplastics is obviously a, a, a plastic, like a polymer, less than five millimeters exactly. in size. So what are the, where is that coming from? That can come from different um, just places. It can, it can be intentionally produced as uh, microbeads that you mm-hmm. can find in, you know, these face scrubs and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I'm sure people have seen them where it's just little plastic balls or, or even in um, toothpaste as well. Wow. That are basically just used to um, act as an exfoliating agent, you know, for, either for the skin or the, or the teeth and, and all that mm. stuff. Or they could they could be fragments from weathered plastic, you know, that has been basically, you know, exposed to sunlight, you know, and the forces of, you know, weathering mm. of nature and stuff like that. And they become ever small, ever, you know, ever, mm. you know, decreasing breaking, size. Breaking exactly. Up. They're breaking down yeah. exactly into smaller and smaller mm. pieces of plastic, you know, until the point that you just cannot really discern them mm. in the water and stuff like that. You know, once they're that small, they can be carried by the air mm. as well. Mm. So they could also go to different places. So Brad, you, you'd know a lot about that exfoliating sort of <laughs> stuff in, 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 in your No, experience. I don't use it. To be honest, I don't use anything like that. I don't, Where does a Swedish preteen sort of face come from? That, that's, that's because I don't use any of that crap, to be honest. I, okay. I, like yeah. Honestly, I don't use anything like that's even remotely similar to exfoliating. I think it's a gimmick. I think it's a, mm. And I think it's also damaging to our environment. Well, like I choose no, no. not to use any sort of cosmetic products that have plastic in them, but I actually must admit, I actually thought we'd phased out products within Australia that had microplastics in there, but you were no. saying before that- What do you mean? No. no. I, thought, I thought it was a done deal. No. I thought it was what like labour getting in. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's happening. No, no, I can go right now probably to a store and just get myself uh, one of the same 
products that I used to at first. I used to use these exfoliating products and stuff. I'm not You're as You're very I'm, handsome I'm individual. Not, I'm, not, I'm not as handsome as Brad here, you know what I mean? <laughs> we, we I, know need, I, need, I, need, I need some exfoliating agents. <laughs> but yeah, like, you know, the, th- the thing is- oh, What you, type of products? We, we were talking about toothpaste. Uh, toothpaste, you know, face washes and stuff like that, you know. And it's Still very being sold with microplastics in, in Australia. Yeah, yeah. I, like, I, I will tell you guys, you know, I, I, I used to use them because I just didn't know. I just didn't yeah. think about That's it. Well, 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 I probably, know. you know, like. Oh, look, your toilet bag would be full of all, all weird, wonderful Actually, cosmetics. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's that's a whole podcast right there. But no, but, no. But how, as a consumer, how would I know whether I've got microplastics? Yeah, what are you looking for that's in the, the bag? Thing. You just don't know. Sometimes you just don't wow. know because there's nothing that really says that there are microplastic. Probably when you read the, the ingredients and stuff like that, you might read a polymer something, you know mm. what I mean? Which might, um, you know, kind of like take you like, okay, you know, that it has some type of polymer in it. So it's most likely a microplastic. Now, the problem with it is that you just don't know because it's not really advertised. Of course. You know, the United States actually passed a law pro- prohibiting the use of microplastics in these face scrubs and like just in daily use and all that stuff or in, um, you know, industry. Australia doesn't have such a thing. We need to change that. In, in terms of the the consumer, obviously the, the more of a natural product you consume, mm. like basically bars of soap mm-hmm. won't have microplastics. No, no, no. Or, yeah, so no, it's generally. normally just the- The creams, the, the creams, creams and stuff yeah. like that, you know, the face washes and all that stuff. Because I, I, can, I, can, I can be anecdotal with this. You know, I, um, I used to enjoy, you know, using the exfoliate because it kind of gives you like, they make you feel like it feels nice. Mm. You know, they show you an ad mm. and all that stuff, you know, and the, after you use that thing, it probably has a little bit of menthol in it. So yeah. your, your face feels fresh. Um, so I didn't know about this until I probably embarked on this project into, you know, deeper thought and everything like that. You start reading where the microplastics are coming from and what they're doing to the environment. And therefore you try to, you try to make a difference. You mm. know what I mean? You try to like not use these things. Mm. You try to phase out their use by yourself, starting from yourself. So I would go maybe to a store, mm. you know, and probably look for a product that doesn't have microplastics, you mm. know, anything that says microbeads, no, yep. nothing or anything like that, you know, but some of them just don't tell you, Yeah, you know, some of them are face washes that are like, you know, oh, cool. That looks okay. Activated charcoal, you know, mm. kind of a face wash and everything like that. I grab it. I'm like, this is not going to have any beads because it doesn't say I open it up. It's about a much, I'm about to shower. I put it in my hands and what do I see? A bunch of little beads of different colors. So that's the thing. So if I'm using a product and I can see a little bead in there, chances are that is a microplastic. That is most likely a microplastics. There are products now, and this is great. My, my girlfriend has told me about this. She tells me um, there are products out there that use nuts and grated nuts mm-hmm. or grated, um, I think it's something like a, a nut cover. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the hard shell yeah. of the nut and stuff like that. It's grinded down and it's basically implemented into the cream itself, and mm. that acts as, a, as the exfoliant yeah. instead of the plastic itself, which is great because that means that that's biodegradable. Yeah, but the great amount of you know other creams and everything like that maybe don't. So if I'm if I'm much. using the microplastic, uh, you know, soap or mm-hmm. shampoo or conditioner or whatever, and it washes down my drain, yep. whether it's you know through my shower sort of outlet or mm-hmm. down the toilet or yep. bathroom sink or whatever, it makes its way into the sewer system. Yep. So that's where sewage goes. Exactly. How does it then? So it goes through and in, in, in dry weather conditions that would normally go through a wastewater treatment plant. Yes. Is the wastewater treatment plant is that actually uh, set up to actually appropriately remove microplastics? That depends. So generally, a lot of um, a lot of modern wastewater treatment plants will have various, um, you know, um, say for example, there is 
various treatment stages, you know. So first you start with a preliminary treatment. You take out the bigger solids and stuff. You then go to primary treatment, you take out the smaller solids mm. in the sediment, and you go to secondary treatment, you take out the nutrients mm. out of the water. Mm. Most, I would say, most wastewater treatment plants stop there. Mm-hmm. You know, once they take out the nutrients and stuff, they go to a process called chlorination, mm-hmm. which is eliminating all the bacteria and all that Disinfection. stuff. Disinfection. Exactly, yeah. disinfection. Other, you know, technologies that exist are things like reverse osmosis. That is basically to take out through layers mm. to filter out, you know, particles of all of all mm. sorts. It is very expensive mm. and it is not available in every wastewater treatment. And it'd be pretty rare for a sewage treatment plant to have reverse osmosis. So exactly. the, the standard technology we would still be fair to say that's removing most of the microplastics. Exactly. There's still a portion of the There's microplastic. Mm-hmm. That's a little bit scary because obviously the wastewater treatment plant is supposed to be removing the vast majority, mm-hmm. if not all, yep. key pollutants. Um, and you would have thought microplastics would actually be reasonably easy to remove. I recognise they're small, but they're still a sort of, you know, mm-hmm. they should be – if you can remove dirt, yeah, it's if you can remove sludge. Exactly, yeah. it's yeah. physical. Mm-hmm. It should be able to screen out or set uh, or fall out through or sedimentation out, yeah, or yeah. filtration, et cetera. Exactly. But that's that's assuming that it goes through the sewage treatment Exactly. Um, and often, as we indicated before in – the in, With the uh, sewage overflows. Yeah, yeah, sewage overflow. So in a rainfall event, sometimes the sewage essentially just has to overflow into exactly. the waterway. And it's raw sewage. It's and not treated raw sewage. at all. Yeah. It's not treated. And so that's that's a key sort of source of, of microplastics. But mm-hmm. then you also mentioned before about you often get – Plastics such as drink container bottles and, yep. and cigarette butts and, and mm-hmm. sort of wrappers, et cetera, that'll essentially break down. They might have actually started off as a bigger plastic, exactly. bigger than five millimeters, yes. but over time it's broken up into smaller and smaller particles. Exactly. So obviously stormwater would be a key source of those sort of microplastics. Yep. That previously might have been bigger plastics, but now it's sort of microplastics. Now they're smaller and smaller each time. And they're not, they're still their, you know, plastic particles, mm. just that they're not as big or noticeable as yeah. before. And, and that's actually a good point, mate, because we talk about treating at source, you know, mm-hmm. up the catchment. Yep. Uh, and when you treat at source, typically the, the plastic is, you know, still in its current form, yep. you know, the bottle. But if you think about it, if you're a long way away from the outlet, over time, you know, the, the time it takes a bottle to get from Ipswich to the ocean, you know, it breaks down and... Mm. So it's, it's in effect, you know, by, by the natural way we've designed our, our water systems, we're allowing these things to break down over time until yeah. they get out. Yeah. And, and whilst we're, we're, we've, like, I'm not sure if you're aware, Nicholas, but we've actually recently, uh, we're really driving this initiative of ze- what we're calling zero litter to ocean. Mm. So we're trying to target uh, the removal of anything greater than five millimetres mm. uh, uh, in terms of uh, from stormwater flows going yeah. into any waterway in Australia. Yeah. Uh, and whilst we're sort of targeting um, p- uh, plastic sizes and debris sizes greater than five millimetres, we recognise that if we can remove those pollutants, will actually significantly reduce the concentration and loads of microplastics yep. in our waterways because we recognise that if we can move the big stuff, that means the big stuff won't break it's down, not the going down stuff. into the smaller yeah. stuff. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And then you have problems with like, well, what's the big stuff composed mm. of? Because the thing is, with my projects and stuff, we were looking at different types or sizes or like, you know, forms or shapes of the, the plastics themselves. Mm. Going from fibres, which could be from um, fishing nylon. Mm. That's a pretty big source, mm. you know, of fishing, of really small fibres and stuff. Yeah. Like that. Rope as well. You got clothes yeah. as well that, that also break down over time and they release all mm. these polyester, mm. um, you know, Microfibers. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Microfibers, exactly like that. You have the fragments, which is basically the solid fragments that are broken down from things such as bottles and stuff. Like that. And then you have the big or like the, the nice and round beads that are 
industrially produced mm. Mm. like that. Now there's other things as well. There's um, you know, many times we, we think of like, you know, plastic recycling as something that's really beneficial and it is, it is, it really is. But you know, a lot of the um, processes that allow us to refine um, plastics into reuse, for example, thermoset pr- plastics that you mm. cannot just melt down and reuse them. We have to grind them down into really tiny particles mm. for them to, and to really, t- um, and to really fine powders for us to reuse it. Mm. Now, I imagine, you know, there's a, quite a bit of residue, you know, to, um, you know, work with there. And that could also signify a, I guess, a source of mm. these mm. really tiny particles. But in terms of the, 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 the listener, like what, what can we do in our day-to-day activities to reduce the, their, their contribution mm. to microplastic loads discharging to our waterways? Well, for one, avoid littering and stuff like that, you know, and if there's, there's a, you know what, there's a really good um, trend going on right now on social media, which is the trash tag challenge mm. and stuff mm. like that. I love it. I love it. I really want to get a group of friends, you know, to just go out and do it and pick up as much litter, plastic and all these things, mm. you know, as possible because that is going to end up in waterways. Mm. And if it break, when it breaks down and stuff, uh, it'll affect more than just being there. Mm, you know, mm. it'll affect. You know, it'll get into the gill systems of fish. It'll like you know stay in the sediment and will be eaten by things like mm. crabs and things and things like that. And when we eat them, mm. we're gonna get them ourselves. So mm. you know that is a great place to start. It's just to avoid the source of it, which mm. is generally speaking the plastics that we mm. linger in mm. and stuff like that. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Also, I guess, like, trying not to use um, microplastic-containing um, toothpaste. Try to buy, you know, white toothpaste more than anything. Yeah. Um, not the ones that have, like, the little, um, I don't know if you guys have seen it. You know, there's yeah. there's there's ones that contain these little, you know, shiny pieces yeah. inside of it. You know what yeah. I mean? And it's like, oh, it's to help shine and all that stuff. Yeah. Avoid that. I guess avoid, you know, the face creams that have microplastics. It's pretty easy to, to tell them apart, you know, but it is kind of hard to buy one yeah, without but, them. Uh, uh, yeah, but it shouldn't be up to stupid old me to go. Hey, am I am I using something that's mm. going to be really harmful? Like, well, no, stop selling it. Mm. You know, what, yeah. what? What? Why am I still being faced with that choice that I've got no time to make? Yeah. Someone else is making that for me. But how does that change happen? And this is where I think that's the great work that I think Nicholas and others are doing. They're, they're creating awareness around an issue. If we don't actually – sorry, if, if we don't test for microplastics in our waterways, if we don't test for PFAS in our waterways, mm. you're actually sort of ignorant to the problem. And then once you data, mate. Yeah, exactly. In the absence of data, you're someone with an opinion. And well, so that, or just a – 
<laughs> but or, but also when you when one you identify a problem and, and then obviously <laughs> when you identify a problem you create awareness about an issue and and the same thing for PFAS same thing for microplastics you go okay I've got, I've got some data to demonstrate there's a real issue here what can I do about it I'll, I'll create public awareness around this issue and that actually drives public action and and sometimes the uh, the solutions are outside of the um, the uh, abilities and or the, the hands of the public but a lot of the time they are. Uh, and in terms of microplastics, that's one issue that we can, as a public, can readily solve. Mm. By all means, Jeremy's right in terms of if we, if, if, if the federal government took the lead of the US and said, we're banning microplastics from, from our cosmetic products and other sort of uh, products, that would go a long way to actually mitigating Absolutely. this problem. But in the absence of that, um, the public has things, to take, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, I know, but in the absence of that is what we're sitting here doing a podcast about. Mm. Hopefully trying to, to talk about To raise things. awareness. Crazy. Exactly. Exactly. Raise awareness. So that when, when, you know, um, everyday Australians go down and have a vote or, or, or go to do something, mm. they can do it consciously. But it's, it's also recognising that, like, it's it, it, we've talked about before, a lot of the environmental issues are very doom and gloom and you feel about, oh, gee whiz, PFAS is in, in our blood and it's a potential carcinogen and, and there's microplastics mm. in our waterways at very high concentrations for sure. But the... It is there is a good news story associated mm. with this. Like we talked about PFAS, whilst there was identified as a problem, there is certainly a legacy issue mm. associated with PFAS. There has been a lot of activity to to actually uh, phase PFAS out, recognizing that it was identified. Why? Has been identified. Why? Yeah, because it was identified as a problem. We could actually test for it. We yeah, actually okay, but yep. there's been a snowball on. The, Sorry. Well, yeah, I think I'll probably answer your question this well, way. Public uh, pressure is, you know, people have gone, oh, this PFAS stuff, you know what? we're getting sick. No, no, so I, I actually think it's been something else. I think it's been the well, subject. Well, we've got a scoop here. Yeah, for sure. Well, I, I think a big reason why PFAS well, 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 is well, getting well. attention and there's actually been a lot of activity around it is because of there's concerns about mm-hmm. legal action. And it's the same thing for microplastics. Once we identify that there's a significant health risk associated with a contaminant, and we've seen that potentially for PFAS, we have certainly know about that with microplastics so, and other pollutants. So, sorry, this is actually going back to Jim Hart's talk. Yeah. It is. It's actually going back to, you know, we've known there's contaminants in stormwater for how long? And are we really doing the best we can to take them out? No. And the read Jim and, and 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 I don't know if you, you if if you've heard it, but it was probably our second or third podcast. Jim Leonhard, please go and have a listen, Nick. It, it would blow your mind. Um, yeah, he's like my uh, my granddad. I mean, he he's the bomb. But he basically said the reason that certain verification programs and certain things work in the US is because anyone can sue anyone. Mm. So basically, you've got. Oh, you know, for instance, we're in Brisbane. I'm not saying it's about Brisbane City Council, but if someone's not happy with Brisbane City Council in the US, Jeremy Brown and Brad Dalrymple can go and file a suit against the city mm-hmm. and go, you know, bugger you. And he goes, that almost regulates it because yeah. anyone can sue anyone. Exactly. It, you know, so, the, so the government kind of like, you know, adapts to that kind well, of like well, situation. Well, well not just the, the government, but everyone's mm. like, oh, shit, I can't do that. I'm going to get really sued. At but, the moment, it's like, what are you, you going to sue me for? Mm. So just to recap what Jeremy says, the reason why key activities and initiatives have been implemented in the States, such as the total maximum daily loads associated with mm. plastic, is that threat of legal action. Threat of legal action. So uh, groups within, say, uh, California and other parts of the US have actually filed suit against their government for contaminating their waterways. And that has subsequently driven significant and rapid change to improve that current mm. situation. And I honestly think that's what we need in Australia. I reckon I'd sue you if we're in, in the US. 
I'd see you back. I'd see you in court. I'm a lawyer. <laughs> yeah, my lawyer will hear about this. <laughs> this will be evidence that uh, 82. <laughs> hey, well, uh, look, this is just so interesting. You yeah, know? like there, there's so many. And, and 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 Nicholas, before you came on the the podcast. You know, it, it was nice for me not to know too much mm. about you. Like usually Brad does a bit of a, um, a briefing note and I only got there when I landed mm-hmm. about 35 minutes before you got here. Mm-hmm. So to not know about you and what you do uh, is, is bloody cool. Um, mate, we need more people like you. I don't, oh, you know, thanks, like, um, you. you know, what are your friends like? Let's get them all <laughs> on. Um, you know, because it's really bloody amazing because if there are not people like you, no one's looking at the stuff. I yeah. mean, you, I guess I can give you guys a um, like. I can, I can, I can bring some good news and stuff. Like that. So sometimes what bring happens, it, bring it, bring sometimes what happens and stuff like that is that we assume people don't really know about this, you know. And like PFAS, for example, is a very obscure kind of like you know um, topic. You know, it's not really being talked about that much. I mean, it is now relatively, but I honestly have to say, every time I speak to somebody, I feel like I have to explain the whole issue and stuff like that. Well, while I was collecting samples for my own projects and stuff like that, I realized because I came in contact with people that, that saw me, I remember this. This is all anecdotal as well. I can. I can. Well, actually, it does, it does, have you got PFAS in you? Because you've been taking samples. <laughs> are, you putting, are you putting me and Brad at risk? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm throwing some PFAS right at <laughs> Jeremy right now. Please. I'm attacking him. Oh, <laughs> I'm attacking him right Would now. Would you like some more water, Jeremy? <laughs> PFAS versus PFAS. <laughs> But I can I can tell you guys, um, like I can tell you about a story. I once I had an interaction with a gentleman once where I was in this creek and all that stuff, and I got stuck in mud. And this gentleman was laughing at me from the other side. <laughs> he was just looking at me and just laughing at me. But I guess at some point he got interested into what I'm doing, to what I was doing, and he was asking me questions just as I was trying to get out of the mud. Eventually, I got out and all that stuff. No, that's a lie. I never got out. I answered all these questions like in the mud. He asked me what I was doing. And I said, well, I'm looking at certain contaminants and stuff like that. And he asked me, oh, what contaminants? I thought to myself, well, I'm just going to tell him and stuff like that. You know, I was, I'm looking at PFAS. And he just goes, oh, yeah, the firefighting foams and stuff like that. You know, and I was like, yeah, that's it. That is it. That is exactly it. Yeah, I was, I was, I was like, they came out in the news and stuff like that. And it's like a great concern. Now, a little bit of information about this guy. Out of all the people, you know, that I would have expected to know this stuff, I just physically, at least, I judged him and stuff like that to not know, you know, much of it. Like, you know, you, you kind of like, it's 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 a very, you know, s- superficial kind of like look into somebody, but you just don't know because it's the general public and stuff mm. like that, you know, and, you, and you're thinking to maybe he just doesn't know well, and all that stuff, well, but he he did knew. Well, PFAS doesn't have a, you know, a, you know it's not going to go after a certain demographic of people, is mm. it? It can affect anyone. Yeah, mm. exactly. And and, and then that there is your point, you know, it's like. But, but it's also, there's the reason why a gentleman like that might actually be more aware of PFAS is because it's getting a lot of me- more media attention. Exactly. There's been a lot started to look like yours. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> there's there's been, what does he look like? like for he's a government exa- agent. For example. <laughs> There's, there's, been, too much. there's been quite a few articles in the in the in the media. There was a, there was an episode on an Australian Story, exactly. which is a very popular ABC TV show um, in Australia about PFAS. But look, it's all about creating awareness, and, and people know. Yeah, people and, will know. And that's my point in terms of if we're we're serious about mitigating and addressing a lot of these environmental problems, one of the first things we need to do is actually create awareness. Mm. And and I think with the data that you're collecting and others are collecting, it's fantastic, and we just need more of it. And I and I honestly think it's actually a good news story when we when we know. The, 
we, we have a good understanding of the problem uh, and that only comes with yeah. more data, more science, more research, we can actually start addressing that. And I think exactly. in terms of PFAS and other sort of contaminants, we are getting our, getting better. I mean, that same thing that I'm telling you that happened right there happened again when I was in another trip. So mm. people people are aware of these yeah. things. And you know, what? sometimes it's really hard to make people know about this because they, they kind of think, to, a lot of people say, well, I'll, I'll give an example of Nicaragua. Nicaragua... There's so much poverty and stuff like that. The people just don't care, mm. you know, yeah, about certain yeah, problems and yeah, stuff Yeah, yeah. Like it's like, God, are you worried about PFAS? Exactly. People are dying from starvation, drugs, exactly. you know, like, mm. yeah. Exactly. Put it up the scale. Like, if I were to, like, go to my country and they were, like, you know, um, deforesting an area, that's their job and stuff mm. like that. They survive in $2 a day. I cannot go and tell them, hey, stop doing that because that's, like, you know, creating global warming. Yeah, do you know what you're doing here? No, exactly. I'm just feeding my family. Mm. Exactly. They're feeding their family. Here, for example, you know, Sometimes one of the really effective ways to show what contaminants are capable of is to show people what it's doing to the environment. I'll give you an example, you know, plastic bags. Plastic bags get chewed up or like eaten by turtles, sea Mm. turtles. People love sea turtles. Mm. They love them. They're absolutely Mm. beautiful. Mm. Whenever I go snorkeling or something, one Mm. of the most incredible things for me is to see a sea turtle and to imagine that they are eating these uh, plastic bags and dying because of it. It creates kind of like a, an idea in people like, it's okay. A, it's a social link for them. Exactly. Oh, my God, I care about the sea turtle. And, you know, it will do you. Exactly. Like if you had a plastic bag, would you be constipated for a week? Of course <laughs> you would, mate. You <laughs> exactly. Know? So no, it, it is an emotional tie. Exactly. And it is telling that story. And going back to what Brad sort of said before, we need more people like you. We, we, we need you. more people out there doing the, collecting the data and being so articulate with the way you tell a story. No, 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 that's what we need. Do you think people like, you know, come in to listen to Brad and I every week? No, they (laughs) listen to the people that we get on and and, and to share the stories and share those, you know, common experiences of this has happened and this has happened because then people can make up their own minds Mm. and hopefully as as a – you know, civilization, we can make better choices. Exactly. So, and it's also worthwhile noting that Nicholas is 24 years old. He's he's even he's a week off graduating from university. So it's a great well, sort yeah, of exactly. look. I, I look, like I, I feel as though we could talk about this forever, but I think we need to wrap it up. And I just mm. want to like before we go go and, and say our goodbyes, I just want to thank you for yeah, coming man. on this podcast. Oh, it's been a fascinating me. discussion. It's been a really interesting insight. And I, I didn't think we'd end up here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's microplastics. Yeah, it's it's been honestly we've gone off on a number of different tangents, but I guess ultimately I just and we've we've also started a new hair um, product (laughs) company called PFAS. (laughs) It'd be like that, like you know, back in the uh, eighties. You know, was that show? um, Oh, the glow, uh, the glow. Yeah, what's that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure you're familiar with it. But look, th- look, I, just again, thank you for coming on our, our little podcast. Really appreciate the oh, time. Anytime, and I, and I'm really, really wish you all the very best in your future research. And uh, look, uh, I, I just uh, I just think you're going to kick some real goals in the future. And I, can, and I honestly think you're going to create greater awareness around this issue and subsequently be a real key force in actually um, mitigating this problem. So thanks so much. <laughs> no worries. Thank you, guys. Thanks for listening to the Ocean Protect podcast. If you'd like to find out more about us and what we do, Check us out at oceanprotect.com.au.